With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I am not Fergus Craig. He's in Dorset, I think he said, with a baby. I'm assuming his girlfriend's with him as well, and it's his baby, but who knows? The man's an enigma. And joining me on the phone is Dave Watson. Hello, Dave. Hello, Paul. I'm also not Fergus Craig. No. Who is, though? I mean, obviously. I don't think even he knows. No. It's the question we all ask. It's been a while. (laughs) It has. It's been, because we had the international break. Since the last podcast, I wasn't on that one, but I was on the one before. But one thing I wanted to pick up with you, because the last Mm -hmm. pod started with Fergus saying that you'd said something so offensive that you had to restart the pod. (laughs) Now I get the feeling you're not going to tell me what it was you said, which is why I've, I've sneakily gone behind your back and texted Fergus to find out what it was you said. He's got in touch with me. I'm going to... Again, I'm going to read it Don't. out, and if it's deemed Don't. if it's deemed too bad, we'll cut it out. But I think I think it's just about acceptable. Okay, hang on. On your Fergus. head, mate. I think I'm I'm having no part of it. Here is what Dave said: "Is how Fergus's message starts. The Newcastle Natter is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Bet five pounds, get twenty pounds. If you deposit five pounds, Ladbrokes will add another twenty pounds to your account." You can get this offer by following the link at bet.newcastlepodcast.com. I, I think that was too offensive. <laughs> I can't believe you said it. Hey, <laughs> one every week. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's genuinely people out there who would have been going, oh, what's he said? What's he said? I got caught out on the last one as well when you snuck that mention in. It's good. It's my favourite bit of the show. I'm not really bothered about the football. Just hiding a sponsorship. And that was in there. the Newcastle Natter. See you later. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> right. We should probably get on to football. So, Sunday, four o'clock, we were away at Southampton. Scene yeah. of traditional heavy beatings. Well, we haven't. That, I think we've won once in 20 
something games. Basically, we won once in 2004, and the, the previous time we won was 1972. And by the way, I am not reading that from... That's just... I've, that's been told to me a lot recently. So, like, twice in... <laughs> fucking years, man. Like, and usually a disaster as well. Like, there's Southampton when John Carver tried to fight a fan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think we got beaten 5 0 with Pardew. So it was not just that we do, like, we do so badly there. Well, this was because uh, I, I, I think I predicted a 1 1 um, before the game because I, I fancied us to, to get something from the game. I didn't. I just didn't see us um, winning because I think with um, with the way that they're set up, they're you know they've got they've got good players. They're just struggling a bit up front. But similarly, we're not exactly we're creating a few chances, but Hosselu's not really a reliable striker. Um, you know, in terms of putting the ball in the back of the yeah. net, yeah, he, he's many the things. I think that's true. Yeah. Um, so when yeah, so I, I was I was expecting a low scoring draw, either nil nil or one one. Yeah, I was and fairly certain it'd be less than three goals, and then yeah, <laughs> everything went weird. I tell you what, that was a cracking game to watch. Yeah, like I really enjoyed watching it, and um, for all the Benitez sets us up as quite a, like a defensive unit. Um, we were, you know, we we were attacking well. We like, Perez was pushed much further up than he normally is. We were basically playing with a 4-4-2. He was all over the, the place as well, in a good way, not like... Yeah, 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 yeah. About. He had a cracking game, did Perez. Mm. Um, the, like the, the way that it started like, with the game, I, I felt it was two teams like... Almost, I'm trying to describe it. It's like um, when two top sides who are top because they attack really well, but they don't defend really well. When they come up against each other, it's you know it's it's really cut and thrust and back and forth and yeah. stuff like that. Or when two really shit teams with you know nothing to lose when they meet each other, they think right, there's three points on the on the you know available here, so they're both kind of going for it. I was it was really fun to watch. Um, I thought that the majority of our players had good games. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody really had a stinker. I was expecting um, us to look a lot more negative as well, especially with Hayden coming in yeah. for Marino. I thought we we're just going to set mm. up for away tactics, counter-attacking. But yeah, it was quite end-to-end. Yeah, Not I necessarily high-quality so end-to-end, but at least, <laughs> at least your neck <laughs> moved watching it. Yeah, <laughs> certainly not in the final third for, for either team. No. I think they both struggled. One thing I wanted to mention is that quite a few, like before the game, there were quite a few eyebrows raised at um, um, Marino's absence and also Clark's absence and yeah. also Mitrovic's absence from the squad. And I just wanted, because this is something that Rafa Benitez has done quite a bit, which is when players come back from international duty or when we were in the championship, when we were playing so many games in a row, he would you know, drop somebody who'd, who'd um, been playing a lot or whatever. So Mourinho was away. Mourinho was away with the, the Spanish. It's so hard not to say Mourinho with Mourinho. I know. I think I do it um, every time. Well, I have like a little mental thing to say Dan before I speak. So Dan Mourinho. That's that's <laughs> Who's how Dan I'm Marino? trying to. He was a. Uh, um, Are you thinking of the country San Marino? <laughs> no, Dan Marino was the um, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins uh, back in the nineties. He's quite famous. Anyway. Um, Not in this podcast, so, he, is it? Yeah, so 
but I was pleased to see Lejeune play. I thought he had a good game overall, despite his just insanity. Yeah. It was weird. I don't know if you saw match of the day too as well. They were singling out Lejeune as having a very yeah. good game, apart from his moment of madness. I think he was. I think, that, I think Clark's yeah, form in the last couple of games as well. Probably, yeah. I felt Lejeune was going to come in for Clark. I'd, yeah, I'd quite yeah, like yeah. to see Lascelles and Lejeune given a few games together. Because he's not like Lejeune isn't the. I think quite a few people were expecting him to be more like you know more like Philip Philip Albert than Darren Peacock or you know, Chancellor Bemba kind of. Yeah, not good in a tackle, really. but good with his feet. Yeah, um, I thought he had a he had a good game. He marshaled um, Gabbiadini mostly for for um, the majority of the game. I know Gabbiadini scored twice, but one was a penalty, and the other one was really. I mean, it was a it was poor play down our right hand side, which gave the ball away initially. Yeah. And then uh, when Gabbiadini got the ball, Manquillo allowed him to turn inside, which was. Folly. Like we'll come back to been... our goal in a minute, but yeah, while we're on this one, I yeah. when I was watching, I didn't think Mankia was that much to blame. It looked like he had it under control. For me, Elliot should be saving that all day long. It was such oh, a I soft we... shot. I know, but when you're uh, when you're a defender and you you know you're all you're touch tight to the the attacker, and he's got his back to goal. With it being a striker, you want to. You, you don't want him turning back in to towards the box. You want him at, at best. You want to usher it out for a, a throw in or whatever, like push him out towards the the byline, yeah. like the, the touchline rather. If you can't do that, you if like you want to stop him getting a cross in and stop him like turning onto his favourite foot. Just keep pushing him out that way. But Mankilo allowed him to turn. And what was a bit worrying on. is it was another goal conceded from outside the box which we seem to do a hell of a lot. I've made a note during that to look up just what percentage of our mm-hmm. goals are conceded from outside the box, but I only just remember that I did that now, so I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> that's all I know. Well, this actually, that's, that's interesting because you're concerned about the number of goals that we concede from outside the box, but if you're working on... Uh, you might have seen this XG and XGA stats that um, they're even appearing on Match of the Day now. And yeah. XG just means given the, the position you're in and the type of play, like the, the you know, if you're a midfielder or a striker or a left footer, right footer, whatever you are, wherever you are, um, who's in front of you and all the rest, what's the likelihood of that shot hitting the back of the net? So shots from outside the box are obviously going to be less likely to hit the back of the net. So that works conceding a lot of goals from there simply means that we're keeping the the strikers out of the dangerous areas. And this is another game where um Oh yeah, no, I think it's it's a positive in some ways, but I think it mm. it suggests four of our back five are doing a very good job and the one furthest back has got to use a Dave Watson phrase, Chris Packett hands. I like Rob Elliott. Yeah. I think he gets a hard time, but I think... And you're going you to give at, it to him. No, I think you look at <laughs> the Coutinho one the other week, maybe could have saved it. It was a really good shot. But then the Huddersfield one, was it Moy? Yeah, and Aaron Moy. Yeah. This one, they were both very saveable. I mean, they're shots that mm. shouldn't necessarily be getting away. It's bad closing down. But I think if we had so, the keeper Benitez had wanted then yes. that wouldn't necessarily yeah. happen. But then again, Benitez wanted Matt Sells before, so 
who knows? So, and and since we touched on both of their goals first, you know, because it was definitely a penalty. There's, yeah. there's no doubt about it. It was Shane Long. Weirdly, is in such a bad run for a striker, but he's sort of he's like a worse version of Hosselu, where he might not be getting the goals, even though Hosselu is, but it's he's still busy and creates mistakes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he adds a lot to the, a lot to their team. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, the, our goals. Now, this was uh, the uh, Hayden's goal came at yet another goal that originated from set piece, and it came out yeah. rather fortunately to Atu. Um, I thought it was a smart save, and Atu actually had a similar chance um, earlier in the game, and he put it just by Forster's. Um, Forster's post but when it came out of Hayden Hayden struck it so well because he had to keep it down and he had to keep it away from from Forster I thought thought it was a cracking goal I really did I thought I was very very impressed with it I thought Forster looked a bit rubbish on first viewing and you realise he can't really see anything but he looks to dive out of the way of it yeah, he was getting a lot of criticism in the the right ups and stuff. They're saying he's he had a bad game. That both of the goals he should have done better with, and I can't I can't disagree with that. Yeah, but I think um, I think we were good value for the draw. But yeah, their keeper let them yeah. down big time. Um, I think giving giving the lead away twice is the annoying thing. But <clears> it's hard not to feel positive that we've gone to Southampton drawn away and we're disappointed. <clears throat> Like the disappointment yeah. is the positive thing in this, which is weird. It sort of shows how far we've come since last time we were in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Where you just write that pat- game off. Absolutely. And I think the pattern to which the game played out was, um, you know, going ahead early and looking good for it and looking for um, a, a second goal. And then their goal kind of came out of nowhere. You know, it wasn't like. Yeah. Cause they it were wasn't like relentless pressure or anything. No, no, yeah, exactly. But um, for us to immediately equalise and then again be pretty dominant for for the rest of the the game, um, certainly in terms of they never looked like they didn't really look like threatening us. And we hit the bar, and then and Perez's goal, oh, such good football. Yeah, and Yedlin breaking from the right back position, and then. Because sometimes when I worry that when a when a when a defender breaks through a tackle or something like that, and he's got a bit of green in front of him, he's just going to get his head down and run because he doesn't know how to, you know, he doesn't know what he should do next. And you see a lot of times like centre centre halves will stride forward because there's nobody in front of them, and then suddenly they're tackled and they're miles away from where they're supposed to be. So Talking about Jamal Lasell the specifically, there, aren't he? <laughs> he seems to do that. <laughs> a lot of but I think Yedlin and, and Mankio. Both look mm. really decent going forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the one-touch passing between Hayden, Perez, Ritchie—that was lovely to see. It was just—it was quality. And uh, part of me thinks that Perez, once the ball came back to him, I think the safer thing, like the more, um, what I would have done is certainly like squared it because both Atsu and Hotsley were totally unmarked in the centre. Um, but you can't you can't blame the the, the yeah. guy too much because I think that shows that he is he is a striker. Yeah. I'm, right. Before but, we're gonna leave the Southampton game now and go to a break, unless you've anything else to add. Uh, too late. No. Okay. Yeah. We'll be back <laughs> after this break. 
The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Dave, how did you enjoy the break? Well, it's, I've, I've done some tidying, I've put the bins out, I've done the whole thing, mate. Is it bins out, Dave? Right. It's bin day. Oh. What you put out? Rubbish Talk day. me through it's it. Just, um, so it, today it, it was the um, normal household waste day and also the um, garden waste day. So oh. got the got to empty that and um, yeah, so that's all cleaned and clear and tidied up the uh, the kitchen while I was here. Very nice. Yeah. What'd I, you do with yours? Just masturbated. <laughs> Fair. That's, yeah. that's totally reasonable. It's just how I roll. Deal with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on from the Southampton game, this I've sort of not quite followed this news very well, so I'm going to need you to fill me in quite a bit. But mm-hmm. it seems to be being reported almost as fact in a lot of quarters that we are going to be sold before the end of the year. I'm struggling right. to believe that, but what's happening? So there was a press release uh, put out through NUFC.co.uk uh, an official release saying that uh, St. James's Holdings, which is like the company that owns us, it's how Mike Ashley's squirrel in the white money, um, they have publicly put us up for sale and they're inviting interested suitors to come and, you know, lodge their interest and all the rest of it. And the the quote that people are hanging on to is um, that we're, we're looking to be sold before Christmas. Um, that's that's the it's it's couched in terms to leave them a lot of wiggle room, but that's essentially what they've said. Off the back of that, we've had a flurry of uh, linked um, potential buyers, ranging from people that you know you, you haven't heard of and you're unlikely to hear of. You heard of like Stavely possibly being interested with some with her you seven know, billion uh, million, no, yeah, seven, seven billion million. million. Yeah, <laughs> um, to Mark Zuckerberg uh, of Facebook. So yeah, I thought you were joking when I saw you saying about this on Twitter. But to be honest, it's I. Frankly, it'll it'll have been a press release from a gambling website, and that's been picked up by you know media outlets. Yeah. and it's a way for to encourage people to bet money on something that because I looked at the odds and it was like. Um, something like fourteen to one that Mark Zuckerberg was going to be our next owner. Well, I, I, I swear to God, Mark Zuckerberg will not be Newcastle United's next owner. Let's just, yeah, it's, that's not going to be the case. He's so going to be running for stuff. president pretty soon, from the look of well, the way he's carrying on. I, I think an American presidential hopeful doesn't have time for sport. It'd be like the current no. president playing golf nine times in the last ten days. It just wouldn't happen. <laughs> No, who would do that? Exactly. Um, there was another link with um, uh, a name, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but basically... Oh, is it the, the Turkish biscuit magnate? Yes. And <laughs> I love a good magnate the... getting interested. <laughs> well, um, If you could pick one not... foodstuff for us to be linked yeah. to the magnate of, what would it be? I'd go vinegar. Foodstuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a vinegar magnate owning us. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not, like, so, I, I would have to say salt then. Just, you know, yeah, so we're salt on the same magnate page. would be good. A, a salt Greek magnate. salt magnate. <laughs> um, 
the, yeah, so this guy, this Turkish billionaire who owns McVitie's, and there was a release in some some newspaper saying that he he's interested, but the the point is like the interested parties have signed non disclosure agreements. So if he is yeah. interested, like he wouldn't be talking about it. This is what I found weird it. as well. If the people who've signed non disclosure agreements because there's four different people apparently that have signed them. If they're mm. seriously interested in negotiations are going well, why has this statement come out saying we're for sale? Like if you're well, selling be- a house and you've got four very interested people there, you don't yeah. suddenly start shouting again like we're for sale, you can buy it in installments, do what you want. That sort of suggests the negotiations aren't going well with those four. Well, it could be, or it could also be that. So there's a there's. I think there's there's three reasons that this is this party thing has come out. It could be to raise the price by, like, to strengthen you know Mike Ashley's negotiating arm because he can say, well, you might have been you know we might have been talking at a valuation of three hundred eighty million, but there's people out there who are willing to talk at four hundred fifty million. So. I'll happily do a deal with you at 400 million because we've already started, but you know, you're going to have to raise your game a bit. So it could be that it could be that, like you say, that the people in, in interested thus far, the negotiations aren't going well. And Mike actually doesn't see a sale, but he wants to sell. So, and he's getting interest. So he just wants to put it out there and, and see what, see what happens. The third option is the option. Nobody really wants to be true. Could all be bollocks. This is my put, worry because we've yeah. we've been here not just once before. Here's what I I mean. This is most this is worst case scenario, but I find with Newcastle it's always good to have that in mind because <laughs> we'll still occasionally go lower than that. I predict he will not find a buyer just due to an extortionate price or due to him wanting to keep Sports Direct advertising at the ground mm-hmm. and it's very convenient that come the end of the next transfer window he'll be able to say well i did everything i could to sell the club and we couldn't invest money in that window because we were trying to sell i wasn't yeah. willing to pump more money it feels a bit too convenient i don't believe anything that he says i really want to be wrong yeah but i think that's that healthy skepticism is um totally reasonable and it's, it's born out of a, a total distrust of the man you know he he's li- he's a proven in the court of law liar yeah he's put us up for sale in quotation marks before he did it nine years ago and nothing happened um he's done it a few times where he said if anybody wants to come along and it's got more money than me and can give these geordies 400 million pound to spend on neymar and and i hope oh, yang happy for them to to come in come along like he's not he's not trustworthy so what i would need to see happen for me to believe it happen is for the new owner to be spotted in a newcastle pub with a newcastle shirt on buying shots for everybody in the place and mike ashley's you know glumly getting on his fucking helicopter that is in the financial times that's the only circumstances under which they'll believe like a new merger or a takeover <laughs> aboard of any company is if they're spotted so in a bar buying shots. <laughs> so we've got like mates um, who on transfer deadline day and stuff like that would be on or like in the transfer window would send each other a photograph 
of Sky Sports News, a yellow ticker along the bottom saying Newcastle United have signed Johan Kabai. You know, until we saw that, we didn't believe the transfer was going yeah. through. Similarly, until it pops up on like Bloomberg yellow ticker at the bottom saying, you know, Mike Ashley has sold Newcastle United, I'm not going to believe it fucking happened. It's yeah. just he's not trustworthy. So, But, but let, let's dream side. a little bit. Let's just imagine yeah. by the end of this year, he's sold up to someone. Even someone's shit would be a massive improvement. Yeah. We're not, we don't need, like, we can't realistically, unless we're bought out by a Saudi prince who has the entire, you know, an oil state, oil state's wealth behind him, we're not going to be able to suddenly flood the team with hundreds of millions of pounds of talent. And we couldn't do that realistically anyway. No, we um, might be able to outspend Stoke, which would be nice. Yeah. Like I said on the last pod, um, it's, it's ambition. That's what we're, we're after. Because we, Mike Ashley would be happy with 17th. And if we got in, um, I don't know, Carlos Slim, the, um, the Mexican mobile phone magnate. I thought that was a player then. <laughs> <laughs> um, Does he have to be a know, mobile could, phone magnet as well? It, I prefer it if it was a food stuff. No, he, I, yeah, I know he's he real, but like, can't he be a yeah. rice magnet or something? <laughs> A, uh, tequila magnate, but <laughs> so one thing that I, I so I've asked there's a there's a guy on Twitter who's who's worth a follow for everybody. The guy's name's Chris Holt. He's a Newcastle oh, fan. Yes. Really keyed up with finances and also basically anything statty. I asked him about FFP and are we in a position where a new owner would come in but find himself unable to spend the kind of money that we want or we could dream about, even if he was, you know, Saudi or whatever. And Just I to add FFP's like, financial fair play, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Not Freaky Friday um, Protocol. <laughs> um, and he was saying that our income is about, um, over the last three years, because it's a three-year period, our income is about $380 million. The profit that we've made on player sales is about $20 million. And the new owner would be allowed to contribute thirty million. So, mm. right, I'm not getting carried away, but it could be that we could spend four hundred and thirty million pounds on players. You are getting carried away. I am getting carried away. I Another name I happen. saw linked was the yeah. company Smeg that make refrigerators. But the uh, the fridge magnate is interested in that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll go. Oh, sorry, Fergus. Come back. <laughs> On that shit shell, I think we should probably wrap this pod up. There will be a preview pod ahead of the Palace game coming up, so do tune in for that. I think that's out Friday. They tend to be Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know. But until then, uh, thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much. Goodbye. This is a Playback Media production. To get all the links for this podcast, go to newcastlepodcast.com. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.